This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your co-host, or... Sally, the co-host. I, I, oh, she choked up on that one. I am the sous chef of the garden. That's correct. Frank Proctor. And uh, delighted to wish you and uh, yours the happy last day of the year. That's right. You know something, Charlie? I think a lot of folks are going to be glad to see 2011's rear end walk out the door. Why? Just well, because... in some ways, it's been a tough year. Mm, you know? Many ways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, business side of things and... Employment side of things. Yeah, some health stuff going on, you know. Uh, there's been a real bug Flu. going around. Anyway, uh, I'll be happy to see uh, 2012 get in here. You will, eh? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, today is the kind of day where you get it. I mean, for anybody who's listening, I hope you're still in bed with your radio on because just don't even look out the window. It's yeah. one of those days you look out Gloomy. the window, go back to bed. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I brought my blanket. Yeah, from yeah. Walmart. It's not a nice day. Sucking to, to, on the silk edge here. Yeah, get up and start going <laughs> places because it's just yuck. And it's pretty much yuck, I think, everywhere in southern Ontario and, uh, and, and you know, sort of the northern United yeah. States there. And watch watch the uh, walking. It's, because, it's man, foggy. Oh, man. It's drizzly. At my house, there's ice everywhere with a layer of water on top of yeah. it. Yeah, so, charming. Yeah, it's just not a nice day to be out. So we'll be here all day, yeah, <laughs> basically. We'll, yeah. we might stay till next Saturday. <laughs> might just stay here and brought my sleeping bag. We're good. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, did we mention this was the garden show? Oh, I guess, yes. Good point. I guess we should. Our, um, we're getting the eyeball here from our producer David Gaskin going. Do you want to plug the phone numbers? And mm-hmm. You might get a call, you know. That oh, nice. that's a good idea. Okay, so if you live in Toronto, give this number a call already. 416-360-0417. No. What? Try that again. If you're 416 yeah. 360 No, that's not. Good Lord. Zero. 740. 0740. Gee whiz, where am I going? Okay. Then, if we don't town, get any calls, yes. we, I'm going to be pointing the finger okay. at you. <laughs> out of town, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okay, just remember seven forty. Lots yeah, of seven forties. Three six zero zero seven forty. You think I'd have that remembered? I know that's yeah. why we write it down. That's and I wrote down the wrong number. <laughs> Oh. Well, but you mentioned that you were out late last night, and I can hear it in your voice. Yes, and hi to Heidi, a young lady I got talking to about the gardening uh, show. I know we won't say where you yes, were talking it, no, to her. No, it's the sports <clears throat> cafe there mm-hmm. on, on uh, St. Clair. I watched mm-hmm. the UFC fight last night. Oh, I see. But she was expressing an interest in gardening. Ah, and, and of said, course, you, you are got... the expert. Well, that's what I told her. <laughs> said, you listen in, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow. And, uh, oh, yeah, Charlie might even chime in with something or other. Yeah, yeah. Know? But pretty much you run the show. Oh, well, yeah. In case there's any confusion. That's exactly oh, right. Good. That's good to know. 
Oh, gosh, Frank, I tell you. <laughs> um, so if you wanted to speak to me, feel free to give a call. We'll love to hear about what's going on in your garden, uh, inside gardens, obviously, outside gardens. We're actually, you know, starting tomorrow, the new year, we start thinking about starting our seeds. Yeah. And there are seeds we start in January. Uh, for example, geraniums. Want them flower If we wish them to have flowers on them by the time they're going outside in May or June, the seeds have to be started in January. So it's a long process to get those up and flowering. Right. So, yeah. And and spring's, I mean, it's getting later later lately. It's just yeah. right around the corner. I know, I'm very excited about spring. It's my favorite time. If you wish to call, like I say, give, ask questions, uh, share some of your experiences, please call. Otherwise, remember as well, I have an email address, and sometimes that's good. Send an email if you need to send a photograph or whatever. My very simple email is my first initial C and last name Dobbin. So C D O B B I N at AM seven forty dot C A. One very quick um, announcement. It's not actually happening until two weeks from now, January fifteenth, Sunday, January fifteenth. This is that group you love, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. Oh, right, I yeah. think they meet like every week, you know. Well, I guess they probably meet every month because we do talk about them quite a lot. They're a great group of people. It's a fairly um it's a group that's been around forever. Uh, they used to be called like the Rock Garden Society, and then they thought that sounded too narrow, so they opened it up to the Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. They meet at one o'clock. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow, at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which, as you know, is Lawrence and Leslie. Uh, Of course, it's free admission. All are welcome. And it's Kate Seaver who will be speaking Mm -hmm. on Seven Steps to Successful Perennial Gardening. And Kate Seaver is somebody who you may have heard of or seen speak. She does do the rounds of of, uh, Hort Society. She speaks at Canada Blooms quite often. She has a retail store in Unionville called Kate's Garden. So well, there you are. Okay, well, that sounds like a good meeting. Two two weeks. Two weeks tomorrow. Hence. All right. And how was your Christmas? Oh, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. The best part of the, I, I was just telling you, yeah. Charlie, off here. What what the the most uh, well fun part, if I may. Yes. We gave Toby and Kelly. These uh, are your grown up sons. Yeah, forty and thirty seven, right? Mm-hmm. So we're walking through the future shop, and I, there's a young man displaying and demonstrating. The, the remote control helicopters, mm-hmm. only about this seven inches long sort of thing. Yeah. But they work like a charm, yeah. and that was the biggest hit. These guys went from 40 and 30 to 10 and 7. <laughs> Three hours straight, you know, flying <laughs> the helicopters, in you know, inside. Sure. And all hitting the Christmas tree and hitting the ceiling, and then the tail would break off, and, well, geez, and they'd have to repair it. And it was just a scream. Just a scream. So they worked. That's the main. Oh, Those yeah. little remote control yeah, helicopters. Yeah, they sure do. And that would be fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then the five granddaughters, that, that you know, add that to the mix. I bet. It was Chasing a crazy Christmas, I'll tell you. <laughs> Man. Anyway, we're going to be back here right. to uh, talk garden stuff. My yes, gosh. yes, we will. I got the word there, a direct from Charlie Dobbin. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And thank you very much for making the phone calls. Uh, lines are busy, and we'd better get talking to the folks here. Charlie, uh, Karen is online from Okayuga. She's got her... Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't be making fun. Well, no, but I, <laughs> Maybe I'm, she's got a remote control helicopter. I'm almost sure I can hear a car running in that driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you both? <laughs> Morning. Um, just a, I, very quick and short. I just wanted, and I was so excited, I wanted to tell you this. Up until a, a week ago, I've still been snipping little spears of broccoli from my garden. Oh, nice. And it's like 
you have what? Yeah. Not from my garden. Okay, it's December. Yeah, yeah. And we only had eight plants. So it was amazing when, and I told my friends, if you want something that's mm-hmm. going to last through till after the snowfall, yeah. then plant a few broccoli and you'll get your original large spear head mm-hmm. out of the center mm-hmm. and it will continue to feed you for months. Yeah, because you, you cut yeah. away the main and then little side shoots came out. Oh, up. absolutely. And they're more tender than the original. I just wanted to pass that on. If anybody wants something that's going to last way past September, yep. broccoli is wonderful. That's great. Well, thank yeah, you. So good that's for you, too. Welcome. Great and, point. And happy New Year to both of you. Well, thank, thank you, you Karen. All the best in Cayuga. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Give, give that uh, car one good rev oh, for us there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Karen brought up a good point. That, that Broccoli is one of those plants we consider a cool season crop. Yeah. They like the cool. And as Karen pointed out, even more tender as the temperatures dropped. Brussels sprouts, exact same thing. Cabbage, you mm-hmm. know, same thing. Uh, kale. Same thing. And um, even things like turnips, they get better. You leave them in the ground. You know, rutabagas, leave them in the ground. As the temperature drops, they get more tender. And, of course, they're still there. They don't, nothing happens. They They totally can handle the frost up to a point. This has been a wacky December, though. Well, it's crazy. I was was just saying to you, it's this kind of weather that gardens hate, gardeners hate, the weather coming, really. Uh, Looking at the forecast for next week, Tuesday, we're talking a wind chill of, I believe it's about minus 14. So we're dropping way down. After all this mild, above zero, we're going to drop way down, then we're going to come back up, you know, extremes, ups and downs, very hard on the garden. Do you know, this is, I'm not kidding you, uh, when Di and I were coming in for Christmas weekend, Mm -hmm. a week ago Friday then, we we took kind of the back routes so we would stay off the QEW and you know, and here we're going down the well just outside of St. Catharines actually, and a country road. Here's a lady out there mowing her lawn. Oh, I kid wow, you not. Know, really? In December the twenty third. Like a week ago. Yeah. yeah huh. Unbelievable. Oh boy, I wonder why she was doing that. Well. It was needed. long. It, well, was, I it guess wasn't it kept growing. growing. <laughs> well, gee, I don't she know. She must have had some magazine coming to take photographs or something. <laughs> <laughs> we better get going here, my gosh. Hello, Carol from Toronto. Welcome along to the show. Hello. Thank you for taking my call, and Happy New Year to the two of you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Good morning. I received a three-foot poinsettia tree for Christmas. Nice. And I'm not sure exactly what I should do with it through the winter and in the summer. Well, of course, you want to keep that alive because that is yes. one very pretty plant. So for now, bright light. Okay. doesn't have to be directly in a window, but it does need to be in a bright spot in your home. Okay. Uh, you will n- do not let it dry right out, but of course you don't want to have it sitting in water either. Right. So it's one of those, feel the surface of the soil. And when it starts to feel a little dry, um, you know, feel even down beneath the surface. Stick your finger down into the soil if you can. Okay. You will be watering that, you know, depending on the temperature of the room it's in. And Should it, it be in a cool room or a warm? We have a sunroom that gets quite cool in the evenings. Um, that's fine. They don't want to be too cool. The okay. coolest you would want that plant is about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. That's good. Anything cooler than that, it's not going to be happy. Okay. But, but certainly anything, you know, 65, 75 is optimal okay. for the poinsettia. And then, like I say, keep it moist, mm-hmm. uh, but not soggy. Okay. Don't let it dry out. Uh, it will just perk along for a little while now, uh, right through for several months, hopefully. Okay. Definitely a good plant to go outside in the summer. Yes. 
Uh, but what you'll do is you'll trim it back before you put it outside. Oh, now how far should I trim it back? Well, keeping in mind that what you're gonna, it's gonna grow once it's outside in the summer. Right now, it's not gonna do a lot of growing. It's right. gonna end up dropping those beautiful colored leaves, mm-hmm. and of course, the little flowers or the little balls that turn into almost little pom poms on the tips. Yes. All that's gonna finish and drop at some point. So you're just gonna let it be a green plant for a couple of months. When you take it outside, I cut it back by, well, it's a tree, so it's a single stem and it's got all kinds of little stems uh, at the top. Up, right, yes. I probably cut it back by at least a third. A third, okay. Each of the stems. When it's outside, you'll treat it. Uh, you know, make sure it's obviously started in the shade. You can move it into, su- you know, morning sun kind of situation eventually. But do every every two to three weeks, pinch the tips. Oh, okay. And that way, it's just going to be a nice, dense, well-shaped plant by oh. the end of the summer. Okay. And then you'll bring it back in in August. And, of course, you want to get it to color up again. Yes. Then it's a matter of giving it the dark and light that it requires. So it needs, you know, good 12 hours of pitch dark for at least five to six weeks uh, out of every 24 hours, 12 hours of pitch dark dark. um, prior to Christmas. So, you know, you can just do that right through sort of September, October, and it's all colored up and, and coloring even more through November. And it's beautiful in December. That's great. Okay, I didn't know what to do with it. Now I know. Yeah, yeah they're, that's a nice plant to keep alive. So it's definitely, if you right can now. let yeah. us know how that turns out. Yeah, I will. Thank uh, you very much. Thank thanks, you. Carol. Thank you. And a happy new year to you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. And what I just said there about poinsettia, that's true yeah. for all poinsettias. It's just that Carol's got a tree, and those are those are well typically well-grown, fairly mature plants, quite expensive to buy. So certainly worth trying to, to save and, and keep for next year, as opposed to the little, you know, four- and six-inch pots, where we can do it for fun. But if it doesn't work out, composter works too. Right. You are listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. <laughs> With Here. Frank Proctor, well, the sous chef, thank you. on uh, hand. At Zoomer Radio <laughs> AM 740. Let me uh, quickly uh, go over the phone numbers for those of you maybe new to the uh, show. If uh, you live in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else uh, outside the city in the province, for that matter, call one 866 740-4740. And we have to take a little bit of a break now, but uh, Charlie shall return to answer your questions, and we'll have a word with Roberta in Brampton right after these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor along for the ride here, having fun on the last day of 2011. Let's say hi to Roberta in Brampton. Good morning. Good morning. 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 Um, I did what you told me to do, Charlie, mm-hmm. last spring. I put my Christmas cactus outside, and it came beautifully. And then I brought it in at the first uh, hit of, of uh, frost, and it bloomed the latter part of November and December early. Mm-hmm. Well, now it looks dreadful. Oh, why? It's sick. I don't know. <laughs> do shriveled up and got brown ends to it. Aww. I don't know what it did. So feel the soil. What does the soil feel like? Oh, it's very dry. Very dry. Okay. So it might be time to water it then. Okay. I mean, the, the trick with Christmas cactus, it is a cactus, right? It's a succulent, really. Right. And we want to ensure that we don't overwater, and so that's why letting the soil become completely dry is fine. But then when it is completely dry, you'll see a couple things will happen. One is the leaves will start to lose their luster. They'll go from being a bit of a shiny leaf to dull, so that tells dull. you that they're dry. 
They'll even get to the point of becoming limp and, and sort of hanging there. Again, yeah. indicating that there's no moisture in the plant at all. Right. So give it a thorough watering. You know, make sure you've got a little saucer beneath. When you water, the water's going to rush right through into the saucer. Let the plant absorb that, that moisture. Let it sit in water for as much as 15 or 20 minutes. Right. If there's still any water in the saucer, pour it out at that point. Okay. And the plant should absorb and, and become far better looking as a result of giving it some water. The, it should stand up nice and straight. The, the green should be far you know, more intense, healthy, uh, luster to the leaves uh, once it's got some water. That's uh, what I'm I would think. I'm always worried you know, of overwatering it. You're absolutely right because the, it, the overwater and the underwater characteristics are almost identical. Oh dear. So if you overwater many plants, including Christmas cactus, it will look just the way I said it looks when it's underwater, like when it needs water. So it'll right. be limp, it'll be pale green, it'll have no luster to the leaves. Right. So only you know whether you could have overwatered it. Do you think you did? Oh, definitely not. Okay. No, it's definitely underwatered. I was okay. always afraid to overwater. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's oh. it's fine. Oh. I thought Christmas cactus was supposed to be put in the dark for a certain amount of time. No, we don't really put them in the dark. They, you're right, though. They do need a downtime. They need a what we would call a dormant or a semi-dormant time, and right. that is now after flowering. That's exactly right. A bit of a downtime, but it, but we still. I leave mine out in full sun. I always feel the soil. Once the soil starts to you know get hard and you know like a yeah. the top of a table, you can knock on the, yeah. the soil, it's time to water it. And uh, and do, you know, wa- when you're watering, water thoroughly. Just don't water too often. Make sure the plant really needs the water and water thoroughly when you do it. You could even just once give that plant, after it finishes flowering, um, a dose of some fertilizer in the water. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, just once though, because you're okay. just trying to basically provide some of the nutrients that got used when it made all those flowers. Oh, and they were beautiful at Christmas. Oh, good. Oh, nice. It just went through. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. And you know what? Keep it in a cool spot. Keep it in a bright light and just water as necessary right through until spring when you'll put it back outside again. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Good luck with that. Thanks, Roberta. Happy New Year to you. Thanks so much. Thanks Thanks, for letting us know about how that worked out. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Let's see. Boy, we've got a busy show happening here. Uh, and, uh, we do. The lines are jammed. Uh, well, there's one for you right now. Uh, <laughs> I, and Roberta provided that. Uh, Kyla is calling in from Toronto. Is this Kyla with your cat, Midnight? <laughs> Good morning, Kyla. Hello, Kyla. Hello, Kyla. Where'd she go? No? Oh, she's gone to let the cat out. Uh, maybe Orient. so. <laughs> but there's a, <laughs> a listener who... Uh, whose name is yeah, Kyla, who, and and she has a cat, Midnight, that oh, she really? walks in the in the middle of the night. They're out walking, and she takes on a leash. On a leash. Um, yeah, and I'm just wondering if it's the same Kyla. Maybe. Well, and certainly in this kind of weather, my cat desperately wanted to go out, but then sort of went whoa <laughs> <laughs> as, he went, as yeah. he went skating out onto the ice and the rain, you know, okay. pouring down. I think what we'll do then is go to uh, Carolyn on uh, line five. I guess it is Campbellville, and uh, Poinsettia is the the uh, subject under discussion here, or will be anyway. Hi, Carolyn. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Charlie. Um, I just wanted to comment on the poinsettia. I was given a dwarf plant a few years ago, and it's now about uh, probably better part of two feet high, but the flowers, the bracts on it, mm-hmm. are only oh, maybe an inch and a half to three inches across. Mm. Pretty little thing. Yeah, really. I have never moved it. It is in a window um, facing west. It gets hot sun 
all day long in the summertime mm-hmm. from about noon till the sun goes down at 8 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never moved it, and I've never put it in the dark. Oh, but you know what? It, it must be getting dark just because when the sun does go down at 8 o'clock, it must be in a room where, you know, there's not a lot of light either from inside the house or outside the house. No. So that sometimes the whole dark thing is because for some people, they live on a street where there's a street light right outside the window. And not so in Campbellville. It, I was going to say, <laughs> you don't have that problem. <laughs> when it gets dark in Campbellville, it gets dark. It's Campbell, dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for some people, they really have to take the plant, put it in a closet or, you know, dra- put a black, you know, drape over top of it because it's never truly dark in the room where the, the plant is. So lucky you, you know, that's great. It makes yeah, it so it, simple. It's astounding. Last yeah. year we had colorful bracts on it, and I thought, we didn't do anything. <laughs> All of a sudden we noticed it. And this year it was November, and, and my husband thought, we should move that plant so that it starts getting the color on it. And he went into my room, and and <laughs> it, it's already got color. <laughs> that's and it's great. getting richer and richer and richer, and it, they just look gorgeous. Well, I think that's great. So, you know what? Maybe what we should do is we should get Carol who called earlier with the poinsettia tree. Maybe she could bring it over to your house (laughs) and you could look after it for her and she could pick it up next October or something when it's looking good. Oh, yes. I have my my niece's um, Christmas cactus every year because it's a piece of my husband's mother's Christmas cactus. And uh, she wanted wanted a Christmas cactus and uh, so he told her what wanted because it was a cactus it will want lots of sun yep. she says oh i've got lots of sun in my office oh yes yeah, sure. and so she put it up on top of the filing cabinet I've... so the the west sun would come into her office uh-huh. but it gets so hot in there that she closes the curtains oh <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> whoops uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> duh. <laughs> so we get it back every spring yeah because it's done so poorly. All right, so you, she you, she gets it, it when looks, it's flowering it and you take it the terrible. rest of the time. I had two, <laughs> two plants identical and hers is about maybe the pieces are the branches on it are five inches long. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know? And um, mine is draped around the pot. Oh, well, but you see, you sound good. I mean, uh, some people, for for some people, um, plants and, and having plants is kind of, like we said, it's kind of no-brainer. It's like you, yeah. you've you got a good situation, you've got a good common sense about when to water, what to do, and everything does great. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they just don't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they just aren't seeing the logic in, in what needs to be done. So your lucky niece that she can use you as her plant babysitter oh, in between. Yeah. But my name is Squires. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Oh, that's why. Well, that's why. Of course. It's genetic. We work with plants. Yeah. <laughs> we work with plants all year round. Carolyn, oh, the go. caregiver from Campbellville. Yeah. How about that? Well, hey, good stuff, Thanks though. for letting us know that. That's great. Thank and you. like I said, I, don't be surprised if a few people are knocking on your door with the little <laughs> gifts in hand for you to do some babysitting <laughs> for them. Yes, I have, I have lots of time to babysit. <laughs> <laughs> plants it. You must drop in sometime, Charlie, when you're out in uh, Milton. I will for sure. Yeah, any. Thanks for your call. Okay. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. And a happy new year to uh, you, one and all. And to mm-hmm. both of you, too. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks. 9.32 uh, here at AM 740. And I didn't mean to cut Carolyn off there. She mm. was saying goodbye. Yeah. Really nice. You know, it's nice to feel like you're talking to friends. Uh, we and that's, are. And that just does not go for your show, Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. 
for the rest of the station, too. I mean, the other time slots that I'm, I'm on the air and, and the other fellows and gals are on the air, there are... Uh, there is a feeling of family yeah. about this radio station. Which this is, is a pretty neat station that way. Yeah. I know from the minute I came into the station yeah. and started working here, it was very, very warm, very accepting, and very, like you said, sense of family. I mean, Dave Gaskin, who is our associate producer on the other side of the glass and yeah. answers the phones and everything, he, he commented a few months ago to you and I and said, how long have you guys known each other? <laughs> like, like we were, you know, childhood buddies or something. He's like, no, we met a couple, you know, Years when we, we started, started yeah. the show, we started doing yeah. the garden show together, and he's going, really? You seem like you've just known each other forever. Well, this this Does family thing it. can go a little too far because Dave, Dave's asking for allowance, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm refusing. No, I, I'm no with way. you on that, absolutely. Okay. Blanche in Unionville is on the line here. Good morning, Blanche. Good morning, and Happy New Year to both of you. Thank morning. you. Thank um, you. I have a sunroom that's facing south, and um, I have hibiscus, and I have mandevelas, and, of course, other things. This was my husband's job before he went into long-term care, so I'm not just too sure about things. Mm -hmm. um, I have a white mandevella that's still blooming and a red hibiscus that's still blooming. Nice. Now, will this affect its uh, summer blooming? Nope. No, those plants, I mean, lucky you, you've got obviously a great, like you say, a good sunroom. And despite the fact that you might feel like you don't know what you're doing, it sounds to me like you're doing something right. Okay. Because um, these plants, because they're tropical and subtropical plants, they don't really need dormancy. They can keep flowering year-round. Given oh. the right conditions, they can just keep on perking along. The only thing that will limit them would be if the soil becomes so lacking in nutrient and so much, you know, like a desert, that they start to, that, that the growth will slow down. Oh. Uh, they'll stay alive through that process, but you'll see less vigor. You'll see fewer, less new growth and obviously fewer flowers. Smaller flowers, too, typically. Well, so, I, did, I did transplant them in the summer, so oh, maybe perfect. that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. That's a, but that's a real shot in the arm to them, to have that fresh soil, obviously a bigger pot. Uh, so, again, no even need to think about a lot of fertilizing at that point. And now, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't suggest you do any fertilizing just now. The plants are at their most dormant now that they will ever be. Soon as these days start getting substantially longer, because these plants do respond to day length, you will start to see a lot more growth and a lot more activity from them, and that's when we start to fertilize. So that's Thank March. You, okay. I really appreciate your advice. No problem. Thanks Thank so much for calling, much. and bye good bye. luck with that. Good hey, luck. Have, you too. Happy New, New Year. Year. Bye yeah. Bye-bye. White Mandeville is unusual. You don't see those very often. Mandeville are usually pink and sometimes red. Mm -hmm. yeah. So... I Neat. mean, extremely rare or just not really usual? I don't know. I think it's probably real. really unusual. Really unusual. Really unusual. Right here, really, really unusual <laughs> on our stage. Oh, by the way, we have some lines open here that, uh, you know, folks often uh, think you know, that we're continually busy. That's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, usually it happens that you have a lot of calls later in the show yes because you know folks put off calling right away well now's the time to call yeah yeah i want to tell you okay you can get through well let me let me give the phone numbers here okay. 416-360-0740 that's for toronto area callers and then anywhere else in the province toll free 1-866-740-4740 so did i tell you i I did my traditional uh, giving of an amaryllis to my father for Christmas. Oh, is this a little 
tradition that's been carried on over the years? Yes, it is. <clears throat> and of course, he's going he's gonna to hate me for telling this story, but it is a story I've told before. Yeah. Uh, I started the tradition way back when I was at university, and I gave him just an amaryllis bulb in his stocking. Right. And it was a nice bulb. Like, it was, you know, they're ready to go when you purchase them at Christmas mm-hmm. time. They're, they're just full of energy and want to grow. So I gave him this just dormant bulb, but of course it was ready to go. And I went back to school, you know, Christmas ended and holidays ended. I went back to school a month or so later. I came home to say hello to the family and have a Sunday dinner. And my mom was putting some laundry away in her bedroom. So I'm standing there talking to her while she's putting away laundry. And she opens this drawer on my dad's dresser. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, what (laughs) is going on in that drawer? Well, sure enough, um, my dad thought, you know, nice, thanks for the amaryllis, and he kind of tucked it into the drawer and totally forgot about it. Well, the amaryllis didn't have any problem with that. It just started to grow inside the oh, drawer. Oh, you're kidding, yeah? So it, and it sends a flower out first. So this flower stem was going round and round inside the drawer. It happened to be his you know, underwear drawer. But anyway, round and round inside the drawer and was wanting to flower inside this drawer. I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Open that drawer. Get that, that plant out of there. Get it into some soil. And it was quite an interesting looking, you know, spiral thing going on with that flower stem. So so, of course, that was the big joke was, you know, never, ever give anybody, but particularly my father, a bulb that's not in the in the soil, in the pot. Because it's uh, going to go in the uh, underwear. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just not a good thing. So I am. Um, and, you know, they are just so easy to grow. They'll even grow in your underwear drawer. So this year I did. I, I potted it up for him, gave it to him in a pot with soil. So it's in the window, ready to flower as it should, straight up as opposed to spiral. You are giving me so many opening lines that I can't use (laughs) right now. So I'm instead going to go to a caller here, Elizabeth in Bob Cajun, beautiful part of cottage country. Mm -hmm. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. I have an orchid cactus. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, when is a good time to separate it again? Usually the best time to do any kind of separating or transplanting is in the spring. Oh, springtime. Yeah, just because, again, these these plants are at their most dormant now. And to do anything, any kind of manipulation to the plant is stressful. They they don't jump or bounce back as well when they're kind of having a little sleep than they will when they're actually growing. And some roots will start to grow right away. And, you know, the plant will will cope with whatever you throw at it come spring. The blossoms are huge. Mm. They're almost like the palm of your hand. Well, that's the other thing is all when a plant is flowering is never the best time to either plant plant or transplant or divide. Okay. And, you know, we, we always say, you know, when you're shopping in the spring for your annual flowers and it might be geraniums or marigolds, whatever it is you're buying, technically and theoretically you should take all the flowers off when you get home before you plant them into the garden. Oh. I never thought of that. But, of course, we don't do that. That would be crazy. We just bought them with all those beautiful flowers. But technically, for the best, you know, settling in for that plant, remove the flowers because then it can concentrate on roots. And that's oh, what you okay. want when you're trying, you know, doing any kind of transplanting. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right. Good stuff. Thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Have a wonderful New Year's. You too. Take Bye. care, Elizabeth, and thank you for calling the Garden Show here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Lou, calling in from Fenwick. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Everyone's well? Yes, I'm calling, Charlie, about an oak leaf hydrangea. Mm-hmm. It's been in the garden now for about two years. It's absolutely a fabulous 
bush mm-hmm. that I enjoy very much, uh, but it's outgrown the spot that I put it in. <laughs> do I move it in the spring? When do I cut it back? Um, I just don't know how to yeah. handle it. I don't want to lose it. No, that's right. No, these are good questions. And I'm glad you called now because about two years in the garden is about optimal to be for any kind of transplanting to take place. You don't want to wait till it's been in the same spot for 12 years. Right. You know what I mean? And interesting that you would say it's outgrown its spot. This is a plant that wants to get big, very big, eight feet tall, eight feet wide, yeah. uh, if, if allowed. So have a plan for where you're going where it can really achieve its potential as a plant and, and the size it wants to it to be. It, of course, does want... It doesn't have to be in full sun, but it le- needs at least half-day sun. Well, it, it is in the southwest corner now, and it would be exposed more to the south if I put it in where I'm thinking. Which is fine. It'll handle full sun, no problem, but it does need at least some sun. Good. Um, now, what I would do is, you know where you're going with it, so yes. you'll prepare the hole... Meaning the hole will be dug. You'll have on hand some good compost, uh, perhaps some transplanter fertilizer or bone meal, excuse me, just to get that plant settled in. The transplanting will take place in the spring before the leaves emerge. So when this will be, might be April, might be May, kind of depends on the kind of spring we're having. Uh, You don't want to be digging or working the soil when it's still soggy. So, of course, you know, we have to be past the point of the sogginess having come out of the soil and the the soil having thawed, etc. So everything's prepared. Then it's a matter of going to where the oak leaf hydrangea is now. You will see what's alive and what's dead. Typically, the tips and and sometimes as much as half to two-thirds of any one stem can die in the winter. They are not a super hardy plant, and uh, that west wind and some of the crazy weather we get can really cause a certain amount of dieback. So right away, I would trim off anything that is not alive. You'll know because it gets very wrinkled when it's dead. Okay. And also, you won't see those little... The buds are beautiful on an oak leaf hydrangea. They're kind of soft and um, green, silver, um, very, very, you know, almost like little, you know, lamb's ears, mouse ear kind of look to them. And then in the fall, of course, they change color. Beautiful burgundy. Something I bought yeah. on an impulse, and I ah, just good hope impulse. I don't ever lose it. <laughs> it's a really good plant, and of course, gorgeous flowers in the summer. Yes. Yeah. No, I love them too. I have one. I have a dwarf one because I don't have a acreage. <laughs> I know how big they get. Well, we've got, <laughs> we've got an acre here, so it can grow as big as it wants well, once I get is, it away from the uh, yeah, where it's the air conditioner. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and so and Thank then you. it's just a matter of lifting it and taking it to its new location in the spring. When you put it in the ground, ensure that you are no deeper than it was. You're either at the same level or slightly higher because it will drop a bit as it settles in. Okay. Of course, water thoroughly and I, I do recommend either like a transplanter fertilizer or bone meal just to encourage the root growth right away. And the trimming that you'll do will be the removal of dead wood only. I would try to not do any other trimming unless you have to just because it's too big and unwieldy uh, to carry around. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay. Now, I don't have any more garden questions. Can I just leave a message for your cohort there? Okie doke. Yes. (laughs) I just wanted you to know that uh, my husband, Don, sends his... uh, Greetings. He used to be Don Campbell of Campbell Boats at Jordan Harbor. Oh. And I understand he worked with you on a few boat uh, 
races and so on. Oh, that, my gosh, is that, a, that's <laughs> when I was working in St. Catharines, I'll bet. That's correct. Yes. So well, he sends his greetings. Well, isn't that <laughs> we nice? We listen every day. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Please uh, give him a little hug for me. Oh, no I more will. than that, but uh, just a nice hug. <laughs> I will do that, and Happy New Year to you both. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, I and to you. That. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye now. You just know people everywhere. Well, I know. They, my creditors track me down all over the place. <laughs> I know. We, you should we, be using a false name on the radio. <laughs> Hi, uh, Larry Schmitz here, and uh, it's time for a little commercial break, and then we'll come back and have a chat with Trudy right here in the Garden Show from AM740. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm the host. Uh, I'm the host. Oh, now it's, I've done it. I've done it now. Getting out my gun, I am, <laughs> loading it up. <laughs> I am the sous chef of the garden. And you better remember I, it. A lowly, lowly minion is under what I am. Undergardener. Thank you. Under, under, under. Undergardener. I'm under her foot now. Yes. Trudy in Rexdale, <laughs> please save me. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Trudy. Well, good morning. Uh, I have a question about my African violets. Mm-hmm. They've been given to me by a dear friend who passed on a long time ago, and I want to keep them. Mm-hmm. But lately, I noticed they have long, long stems on their leaves, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they have outgrown the usefulness as I should just what am I supposed to do with them now? Oh, n- no, no. African violets can live forever and ever and ever. Have they been in the same pot forever and ever and ever? Mind you, maybe they have been in the same pot for three, for, for about three years now. Oh, well, that's not that bad. They're still blooming nicely, mm-hmm. but uh, they're sort of, uh, I don't know, they look funny because their stems are so high, you know. What, um... Yeah. Has anything changed in terms of the amount of light that you're giving them? Well, not really, except that um, I I do have shutters in that room. It's facing south, mm, right. and uh, the light comes in. I open it every you know every day. The light comes in, but the table they are sitting on is about is a bit lower than the window, and I wonder if that could do it. You know, it's one of those bedroom windows that is fairly high. Right. No, that wouldn't do it. Actually, it's better. I'm glad you don't have them in direct sunlight because they do burn on a southern window. Sometimes the leaves will get all yellow and and sunburned, really. Oh, no, they don't do that. Yeah. It just made me think because I just bought a new one uh, on a bazaar here. Mm -hmm. It was a nice little plant, you know, Mm -hmm. and now it's after... After Christmas, I mean, I had it for about a month, maybe, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to grow this long leaf. So tell me, what kind of temperature is in that room where you keep the African violets? Well, it wouldn't be more than 20. Okay, and at night, same temperature? Uh, Or does it drop? It doesn't really drop that much, no. Hmm. Sometimes maybe to 15, if it's very windy, because it's an upstairs home, you know. Right, and you do close the the, um, blinds at night? Uh, Yes. You know why? Because when when an African violet has elongated stems or elongated stems on the leaves and the leaves will start to curl, that is usually a sign of it being chilled. It's too cold. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. That's that is literally what that means. The plant yeah. has been uh, it's been the minimum temperature that an African violet wants is about 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is what is that about 16, 15, 16, 16, 16, 16 oh, yeah. turnaround yeah. temperature, although it survives short periods right down to as low as 10, but only short periods uh, if the compost is fairly dry. So move the pots away from the window on frosty nights. Oh, I see. So if it's really cool, maybe that's the idea. Is maybe the idea is maybe just move them further away from that window. Maybe it's just well, a little too cold near the window. I I don't have them on the window. It's just yeah. that you know they are on a table in the room. There's nobody up there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, okay, maybe that's it. Or shall I transplant them again? And I wouldn't do any transplanting now. If you're thinking that, because you're right, the way we tell when it's absolutely required to transplant any of our plants is when you lift up the pot, and of course there's little drainage holes in the bottom of the pot, when you lift it up, if uh-huh. you start to see roots yeah. growing out of those holes, then you know it's time to transplant. Uh, okay. If you don't see that, then you say, okay, we probably don't need to transplant, but how many years has this plant you know, been in this pot? Two, three years is usually optimal. So perhaps this spring or summer you could transplant, but I wouldn't do it now. Uh-huh. What I would do now is just maybe look at, at ways to think about having the temperature a little warmer around the plants, and I think you'll find they'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> Bring them down here then. Yeah. Because I live alone and I don't, you know, upstairs yeah. I have a, a shut up wall. So yeah. it's not getting too warm up there. Well, that's right. And that's exactly yeah. what a lot of us do is, yeah, okay. exactly. Cool well, off the house we aren't yeah. using. Thank you very well, much. Well, thank you, Thanks Trudy. for calling, thank Trudy. You. And all the best to you. Thank you. And to thank you, you for 2012. Yep. Thank you. It's uh, thank you. Goodbye now. It's uh, 9.51, so we better scoot along here and get a little commercial break in because we want to come back and talk to Mary and uh, Zarita after these words. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And the lowly undergardener <laughs> along for the ride here, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Mary in Sutton. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Happy New Year to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. My question is, uh, Charlie, back in the summer, a lady called in about having all this black spot on their tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was the same. I would go out and pick this lovely tomato up, and there, all rotten right on the bottom of them. On the bottom, exactly. Now, yeah. you suggested calcium in the earth. Well, okay, so what when... When we're growing tomatoes and the bottom of the tomato, the the surface that faces down to the soil, which is where the blossom was, so that's called the blossom end, and the actual syndrome that you had and and other callers have called it what is called blossom end rot. We used to, like we learned, I learned way back at university, that it was all connected to calcium and the availability of calcium in the soil. Since then, you know, in the last 30 years, more work has been done on this. And the feeling is, is that it's not as simple as just adding calcium to the soil to solve the problem. It actually has more to do with consistent um, and adequate moisture availability in the soil. I 
was wondering if we were watering them too much. Well, sometimes we do water them too much. So that's the whole trick is consistent and adequate. Now, remember how the spring started? It rained every single day through May and early June. Then it stopped raining in June, and then it didn't rain for about a month. Uh So for people that were on well water or uh, didn't have easy access to, to, you know, even rainwater because it went so long without rain, some some people's tomatoes really started to, to dry out and suffer for lack of moisture right. through that July, that hot July period. So that was that's the trick. When it's so wet and then it's so dry, plants will often, and tomatoes particularly, will show all kinds of stress, and that's how that stress comes out. Um, oh, so the calcium really wasn't the well, problem. Well, I mean... Tomatoes are what we consider heavy feeders. They do love to have a good supply of nutrient. Uh-huh. So if you're a gardener who relies on on making compost, on using composted manure, um, make sure that you've got things like your eggshells all nice and crushed up, and that's part of what's going around your tomatoes and into the soil that the tomatoes are, are being planted into. Uh-huh. Slowly but surely, the eggshells will decompose and release calcium. Okay. Or perhaps you're a gardener who relies more on um, you know, spraying some or mixing up a fertilizer and fertilizing with uh, to, to keep, you know, to, with whatever, miracle Grow, something like that? Yes, we, we have used miracle Grow. Yeah, and miracle Grow is great because it is a very balanced fertilizer. It's a good quality fertilizer. It has all those tiny little micronutrients. So uh-huh. if you get out your magnifying glass, you can actually read what's in that, and you will see that calcium is one of the items in miracle Grow, which is exactly what you need. That's a, a, the kind of fertilizer that tomatoes need. Okay, thank you very much, okay. and I'll watch the the kind of watering we're exactly. doing. Exactly. Okay, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for your call, Mary. Right, bye-bye. Take bye-bye. care now. Uh, we have time uh, quickly here to uh, get to Zorita if in Aurora. Hello, fast. Zorita. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it is regarding my Christmas cactus. Mm-hmm. The lady who called earlier, she described my cactus accurately. Okay. And I was just wondering, should I move it into a larger pot or should I leave it and just repot it? Like, Put in fresh soil along with some uh, fertilizer. Uh, as I said to her, if you're going to repot, I would wait till the spring. Mm-hmm. For now, just let it be. Uh, for sure, definitely. What size pot is it in now? Do you know? Pardon? What size pot is it in oh, now? Um, about a 12 or 14 inch, I think. Okay, so it's a fairly old plant then in a big yeah. pot. It is very old. Well, what I would do is I probably wouldn't try and do a bigger pot. I mean, unless you have access to a bigger pot, but that's you're getting pretty humongous. Mm-hmm. What I would do is line up six or seven good friends, mm-hmm. get them to come over and stand by, and then... What you'll do is you'll turn that plant on the side, you'll get it out of the pot it's in now, get your six or seven friends to hold it because it's easy to break, right? And it's probably got a lot of stems. Mm -hmm. They'll just hold that root ball while you quickly wash out the existing pot Mm -hmm. and then come back to where your friends are and then with your fingers break away some of that old soil that's attached to the roots, get some fresh soil into your nicely cleaned pot and pop the, the, the cactus right back into the same pot, but you've taken the opportunity to get some fresh soil in there and you're just reusing the old pot. By washing it, you get rid of the salt and some of the buildup of, of uh, things that are happening that aren't really good for the plant. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Uh, would I put any fertilizer? After you transplant, you'll do that, say, in March or April. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, start, trans- start fertilizing once a month from that point forward. Mm-hmm. But how about now? Um, if it's finished flowering now, mm-hmm. you could give it one shot of fertilizer now and then leave it till March. Okay, well, thank you very much. All righty. 
You're and very you welcome. Have a happy New Year. Thank, Thank you. you. And Charlie, you keep that show going, okay? <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> In spite of me. <laughs> I know. That's right. I have to stomp on Frank every now and then, but thank you very, very much. <laughs> I'm afraid we can't get to Jane, who's <laughs> calling in this morning. We just don't have time. We're uh, running out of racetrack here. We are. So, And you're on for the next few hours. Yeah, I'm going to be continuing. Uh, the guys uh, of Dave's Corner Garage. Yes, they're on they're, holidays. They're on holidays. Can you imagine? What's Down a holiday? Down I think. I yeah, rascals. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, I'll be on the air with uh, playing the best of the best music uh, right from nine through till three, and then an hour of Sinatra. Oh, nice! So you yeah. have a busy day, and then what are you doing this evening? We're not sure. We're not sure. Have you got the bubbly on ice? Uh, I'll tell you the truth. We were going to be maybe going for a couple of hours to the casino, the Fallsview Casino. Oh, there you go. But um, and I'm not, but I'm not too sure. Die sure, has not. Yeah. Been, Feeling all that. She's had a bit of a flu. Thing yeah, going on. yeah. So it depends on you how. Might have how, to wait till next week. Yeah, or... I'll wait till next week to lose my money. You know? <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> Give unless, it to the casino. Unless yeah. I won the Lotto Max last night, and I don't know whether I uh, did. It was the ticket was sold in Ontario. Really? That's what I heard. Oh, Ooh, get oh. out your ticky. Will Frankie be back to work next week? Is oh. that the question? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? You're my best right. friend if you win. Yeah, I know. That. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm off to a party in my neighborhood uh, um, after. Actually, I'm going to go down to the Royal Ontario Museum right now and check out. There's a flower exhibit uh, that's just ending tomorrow. David Hockney and the flower oh, exhibit. Really? Yeah. It's got its last day tomorrow. So my cousin said I have to go. So I'm going today with her to see this iPad art is what it is. Oh, that's great. Flowers. Well, we'll get a report on this next week. We will, for sure. Okay. You right. have a happy new year. And you too. Everybody's safe. Uh, drive carefully. Don't drive if you don't need to. And yeah, have a great day great day and, and we'll see you and a happy new year and we'll see you next year and next week and to david gaskin our producer thank, thank you. you this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.